When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Chirsten Soussel here with Frank Sanders, Johnny Venerable. And guys, you know, Johnny, you were nice enough to ask if I wanted a coffee, which I appreciate. That's a good yeah. teammate. I should have said yes because... Yesterday took took everything out of me, man. We're dragging today. Yeah. Uh, we're feeling sorry for ourselves after that loss. Uh, we all had an equally good time at the Lola yesterday. Thank God for them and the Bergen Travel to help get us through uh, another home loss for the Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, not a fun day today. I mean, I had fun. Like, I left it all out. Like, I had so much fun and, like, really gave it my all out there. Uh-huh. I mean, I had fun with everybody uh, I, I left my, um, all my emotions out at the, on the, on the postgame show and, uh, between the amount of fun that I had and then how, uh, ticked off I was after the game, mm-hmm. uh, I just got up and left. It was a lot to deal with. But yesterday. it was fun. It, before, look, I mean, yeah, before absolutely. the ending of the game, we had no, a lot I agree. of fun. Every, it, it, it was a great time. I mean, the entire night until the game kicked, until the game got going and then, <laughs> Game well, guy. the game got going, but the th- by the time we got to the third quarter, that's when it really felt like, damn. Yeah. And then we then it became pins and needles until the end of the game. Yeah. And then we tried to make something happen, and that was a debacle. I mean, if, if we got a ball off in a couple of seconds in the game, we might feel a little different, but it just was a debacle. So I agree with you, Tristan. It was a lot. Yesterday was fun, but it was a lot. And to come away emotionally drained, that's exactly how I felt on the drive home. But, Johnny, when I sent you uh, the rundown, you said, you know, listen, make sure we get kind of the fallout of the game into the rundown because you did not get the chance to kind of vent and say your piece about the game because you were out at State Farm Stadium and didn't join us for the postgame show. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what you got? Well, it's more just I didn't get a chance to converse with you guys. Like, literally, we got here about a half an hour ago, and we've been talking all day, but I was like, yeah, let's – Let's talk about it because I did see excerpts of the postgame show and I think you guys were were spot on with your thoughts and your analysis. But I am just so disappointed for Cardinal fans because you get to that game last night nationally televised. I was so proud of the the red scene, the outburst of support for this organization. Like for everybody who's been saying, well, you can't knock people for selling their tickets until the team starts winning. And then they went into that game last night, 10 and two. That place was 99 percent red and white. And that was the loudest I've heard the stadium all season. And for the Cardinals to play as poorly as they did, that was really disappointing. I know it wasn't a lopsided victory, but the Rams, by and large, dominated that game. And the Cardinals have a problem. They have a home problem where they cannot produce in in front of their home crowd. They have not played a sharp game wire-to-wire at home this season, Uh, even if you include like the blowout victory against Houston. They didn't score in the first quarter of that game, so... I think my biggest thing was it was deflating because we had just gone through this with the Packer game where they were missing a ton of key players 
and the Cardinals didn't take advantage. And so what did we talk about all all pregame yesterday was how are the Cardinals going to respond? They've been they were in that identical situation, and I, I ironically enough, so were we. It was the Lola tailgate again, and we were thinking to ourselves, this should be a blowout. I mean, like. I don't think I can pick this team to blow out another team, you know, certainly in a home game this year. And we all felt confident on the pregame show. Frank and I had to think about it for a second. If we had anything to do with, (sighs) you know, our tailgate parties (laughs) and the fact that they weren't producing in prime time. And we're like, nah, not us. I like Kingsbury. I I sent you that that message after the game, literally like joke, like I'm just we're just going to lose out and tongue in cheek, basically like they are. They're a better road team. They are a historically great road team. If they beat the Lions Sunday by double digits, they have a case for the greatest stretch of of road success to begin an NFL season in NFL history. And they are an abysmal average home team. I can't explain it. I would take it a step further and say that this is what the Cardinals were talking about kind of even all offseason. You know, seeing what the Suns had in their environment and it just kind of sparked a conversation about what this team could do for the fan base here in Arizona and how, especially coming off of a COVID year, they wanted to pack the stadium and ignite the Red Sea. And this was probably everything that they had hoped and wished for culminating on Monday Night Football. You've got Mm -hmm. a division rival in town and... My God, the whole uh, stadium is packed with Cardinals fans. You know, the Rams fans don't travel like Green Bay does, and they didn't sell their tickets this time. And it was amazing. You know, it was an amazing environment. It was everything that they had been talking about wanting for the last six months, and they didn't take advantage of it. It's it's it is a it is continually still mind blowing. Not to not to just to the people at home. But those around in the national media just cannot figure out what it takes and what's going on and why these get these guys cannot put it together at home. I'm almost in my mind, I'm like Cliff a little bit. At the end of the day, the Super Bowl is being played not at not here at State Farm Stadium. Thank God to that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that we get ourselves in a position where we can get ourselves to SoFi Stadium and then we just continually still run the table. So the best scenario would be that, you know, the guys get a couple of dubs here at the house. And for the fans, I agree with you, Cheers. And it would, it would, and you, Johnny, it would have been a great moment. Yeah. You know, just to really kind of tell the world, suck it. Yeah. A little bit that our Cardinals are badass, that they really, they can go out and play on a national stage and the guys can show up. And I guess everybody wanted that moment. And I'm not going to say the players didn't want it because we're not going to play the Nick Saban situation where the players want it more than we do. And I, we, the fans want it more than the players. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. I know the players really want to win. And it just didn't, it didn't work out that way. But, it would have been a great moment. It would have been it would have been a great win. And I'm pretty sure they will figure something out in this last half of the season. We talked about a little bit about this on the show is that they haven't been in this position to finish. No. I mean, and now they got all their pieces, guys are healthy. Look, thank God we saw JJ Watts the other day just at the in the in the back of the end zone, just pounding the, the goalpost, which was so amazing and so grateful to see. So no, we we have hope that he's gonna come back sometime this year. And the guys in themselves can, you know, they they can rely on that, knowing that they will get better, and they will figure this thing out. And and if they don't win a game here, they're on the road a couple more. Guess what? They'll still be in the playoffs, and they'll still have a chance to win. Where you want to be is in the playoffs, healthy and and winning, whether you're at home or on the road. Right. And giving yourself a chance to get to the Vince Lombardi. I would say moving it forward, the worst part about all of it is 
DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner both had to get MRIs today uh, for some sort of leg injury with DeAndre and then an ankle injury with James Conner, who after the game, Cliff said that he felt like everyone was going to be okay, but the fact that they're getting MRIs and DeAndre Hopkins specifically was just injured and James Conner having the year he's had, I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen with it. Um, but just hearing that the the following day after a loss like that is just like, oh, here we go again. I, I hope to goodness gracious that they, uh, you know, are, aren't dealing with anything long-term here. Because we finally, and we were talking about it all pre, uh, like pregame, the Cardinals are getting healthy at the right time. Yeah, with, with Connor, uh, he spoke to the media afterwards, no noticeable limp. Probably had some swelling today. Well, who was the last person to do? Was it Kyler? No, it was, came, it was James. The no, last no, no, one. Who, who? No, who came? It was who spoke after the game. Oh, and, and said, said he was fine. And said he was fine. And then he was that. Was that who was it? Yeah, and he also said that yesterday, by the way, because he was limping <laughs> off the field. Okay, I'm fine. So, so take that with a greatest salt. Like, no one believes you, Kyler. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he James didn't have a limp. Uh, I think his usage has been crazy high, higher than they wanted. I mean, he only had 21 touches yesterday, but it felt like way more than that. It, perfect time to be able to activate Chase Edmonds, who I believe will play uh, a significant role Sunday at Detroit. You could make James inactive. And again, I, I don't. We're, we're going to try our best all week to not make the one eleven and one Detroit Lions not feel like a, a respectable team and a challenge, but like. Let's let's face it. The Cardinals could win that game with Eno Benjamin or Chase Edmonds or whomever. They don't need to press James Conner this week, so it's a, it's a good chance for him if they wanted to make him inactive for one week. I think I do think he's okay. He's been banged up before this season has has played through it with Hopkins. That's the the complete outlier scenario where historically he's never really been injured. And then this year, this is his second maybe significant injury. Um, we don't know if it's to the same hamstring or not. If it, if it is, that does not bode well. Uh, and the fact that their receiving core, I saw a statistic before we went live. They've got one touchdown by the receiving core in the last six games. Think about that. One receiving touchdown in the last six games. It was the Hopkins touchdown against Chicago. That's it. So as well as that unit's been playing, they're not finding the end zone. And that's what Hop excels at, even in limited time this year. He's got like eight touchdowns. So... They need if they if they need if they're trying to win a Super Bowl they need DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, what that means for the rest of the season into the postseason if they can get him back quickly. But I, I would imagine if he's getting an MRI today, I, I don't think there's a great chance we see Connor or Hopkins this weekend at Detroit, and I'm okay with that. Just just make sure they're good to go for the stretch run. But I mean that's if the injuries aren't severe enough to shut them down indefinitely. I'm okay with it. whoever needs to sit out on Sunday against the the Lions. Let them sit out. It's not going to worry me. I just worry about what's to come afterwards. The, the question marks are for these guys are at the end of the day they still just, they just want to be ready for the playoffs. They put themselves in a position to already to already cover that. Yeah. And so as fans, as everyone else that's listening, and ourselves, you still got to take that mindset that we are we're already in the playoffs. And it's how you get into the playoffs and what you do in the playoffs that matter. We've seen many teams in the past shut their starting players down either the second or the second to the last game or the the last game of the season, and it didn't always bode well. And then for some teams it did because you need need to let your body reset. So the guys who are in the playoff, that's a good thing. What we do right now is we're still just trying to create that, that, that cohesiveness and that mindset that 
we know how to finish the season and then put ourselves in a position to go out and play. You know, I was having a discussion earlier today and was asked, you know, what do the Cardinals need to do to, to make a run at the Super Bowl, to win a championship, especially with last night kind of exposing some warts on this team. And to me, it's all about Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray is playing mistake-free football and is peaking at the right time, I don't care if this team's at home at State Farm Stadium or as we've seen on the road, they are capable of winning a championship. He can go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in January football. So that should, should be the priority the next four weeks. How can we get the best version of Kyler Murray where the offense, they're feeling so good about themselves? And I'm not trying to downplay the significance of last night's poor defensive performance, but elite quarterbacking wins in the playoffs. And Kyler Murray wasn't particularly sharp last night. He had two interceptions, errant throws. I think we saw a result of some rust coming off that really wasn't there in Chicago because he only threw the ball 15 times. And he wasn't asked to do a ton in the passing game. They need to refine that passing game and have it cooking on all cylinders if they want to be competitive in January. Johnny, you weren't here for the postgame show, but Frank and I, while we were watching the game, uh, and I leaned over and I was like, "When? how many times has Kyler had multiple interceptions in one game? And so Frank looked it up, and it was two other times. Mm-hmm. So there's three total. All of them came at home. It mm-hmm. was Vikings, Packers, and then Rams. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and... I think pressing in front of the home crowd, I think that's a real thing with Kyler. Pressing in front of the home crowd, pressing on national TV, and again, I just just let him go out and play football, and like you, you hate to nitpick because he was so fantastic in other points of the game. His self-awareness before the end of the half to get out of bounds, to kick that field goal. Two dimes to Christian Kirk, that one throw on the move to A.J. Green. Um, that was probably his best throw. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I mean... So I think we forget, too, like, this is a guy who's still young, 23, 24 years old. He hasn't even completed his third season yet. So we we hold him to standards, and rightfully so. He wants to be held to the standard of a Brady, of a Rodgers, right, of a Patrick Mahomes, the elite of the elite, guys who have won championships, and the Cardinals are striving to get there. So we have to have the conversation, Kyler Murray's great, and then we also have to acknowledge when he makes mistakes. I agree. Mr. Grimm with a super chat. We appreciate it. He's asking, did the fans care when we were a 9-7 and team going to the Super Bowl? Everything else was forgotten. Arizona fans only want their team to win that last game. That's very true. 100%. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree I think, with him. I think it – I agree. I, I think uh, just a, a loss is one thing. Um but I, I think there were definitely some glaring concerns to come out of it. And then the when you string together, when there's a trend like they've done now at home, losing yeah. three straight, um, like those two things can be concerning. I would say a loss in general. Yeah, I mean, if if they can make it to the Super Bowl, who cares? But while we're in the midst of it, we're seeing some things that are a little bit concerning that – would maybe prevent us from making it to the Super Bowl. So that's where it comes from. Absolutely. In my opinion. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Last night, Kyler faced the best defensive line he faced all year. Game plan-wise, scheme-wise, their intent and what they wanted to do was to really focus on Kyler. JC had a great game. They would have let a lot of other guys have great games, but their whole intent was – if we get to Kyler, we stop the offense. If we can keep him inside the pocket, we we, we we mess up his flow. The Murray magic always happens outside, and and the best they tried to do was do it, but 
the things he did last night to get outside of the pocket was pretty spectacular. I mean, like in some of those plays, that's the best defensive line that he faced all year. And they put a lot of pressure on him, and it, and it, and it messed him up a little bit. And I think it really did. I think he will grow from them, uh, what he learned last night. I think he will see how teams are attacking him and what their goal is to stop him. And then he will have to learn how to overcome that as a quarterback in the NFL and learn how I got to sit in the pocket and slide forward yeah. more so than working on my you know turnaround and get on the outside. And that, uh, you know, just to speak to him, I mean, the de- what the defense happened last, what happened to our defense last night was just, hey, they made it, they made it, they got, but they got, they, they got cut down. Yeah, and the Cardinals update, you know, brings up a point. You know, Sony Michelle had big running lanes where JT and Buddha clean up the front seven mistakes. I, I would say the Cardinals' run defense is what it is at this point. I, I expected the Rams to have success on the ground because everybody runs well against the Cardinals' front. To me, this the shock was the poor performance by all the much herald DBs of the Cardinals. Byron Murphy was consistently on the ground. You know, Robert Alford had his worst game of, of the season last night, giving up over 120 yards total. Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker were not particularly sharp. Marco Wilson. Mar- Marco Wilson looked like a rookie, right? Yep. That, that to me, you know, they're coming off that four interception performance as a defense against Andy Dalton. And last night they got undressed a little bit. That's That was more concerning. And then, you know, I know we had the the kind of sack it's on the box score, but man, Chandler Jones, you know, if we think at the end of the season, if we're in if we're in the height of free agency and you're asking yourself, why did the Cardinals opt to not resign Chandler Jones? Why isn't Chandler Jones back? It's games like last night where the Aaron Donalds of the world step up on the national stage, three sacks, right? And I know he's the best of the best, so I don't want to use him as an outlier. Chandler Jones to me just has been he's he disappeared in too many big games for this team this year. And so I just I'm not interested in giving him another mega contract when the Cardinals can get younger and more athletic and cheaper in the offseason. I just I didn't see enough of him last night against a a 40 year old Andre Whitworth and a backup right tackle. Uh, To me, there was some nice interior pressure, Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips. But man, he and Marcus Golden, they were no shows. They were no shows. I was disappointed in Marcus performance. I called him out. I did call B. Murphy Jr. out. Last night, I thought these two guys got exposed really well. I don't think they had their best game. And sometimes when you're playing division opponents, and here's the beauty of it, when you play each other twice, when you play each other twice, what you did the first week, I probably wasn't ready for. Yeah. But the second week, if you do the same thing you did, I will be ready for it. And that that just got exposed last night. You know, and yeah. that, that's the part where we saw McVay offensively and what they did defensively, but McVay especially – did not sit in the shotgun all day. Mm-hmm. He ran the ball. He had great balance. He moved He moved him out of the pocket left and right. He didn't let him sit in the pocket by himself. And so he came with a game plan that was with the intent not to let these guys just rush upfield and get to their quarterback. And that, that was one, again, that was one of the best game plans I've seen that the Rams have run in the last six weeks that I've studied these guys. Yeah. And so they came ready to play. And that's, that is the offset of having to play your, a, a division rival when you're playing each other twice. Playing the Lions, you play them once, you get you walk away to win. That's what it is. But in home, once I saw you once, see you again. I'll make some adjustments. And Aaron Donald made adjustments. The D line made adjustments. You know, we just did not necessarily handle those adjustments, and they made a little bit more plays than we did. As a result, Cliff Kingsbury was growing out the facial hair until they lost, and. Had a had a had a had a beard going on, and today showed up to the Zoom press conference. 
with a freshly shaven face. So that's what we get. <laughs> that makes for anybody, me sad. For anybody who was following that storyline. <laughs> and if you didn't know that was a thing, now you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, you guys are chiming in really hard right now. And that's really good. Um, I, I feel their energy too, though. You know, like when you see the, what, what everyone said, they're, they're talking specific stuff. You want to read how, one for us, Frank? Well, exactly. Cardinals update. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't even get it. The joke went over well, my head. Well, just, I just you say you want to read one, and Cardinals update just says exactly. Oh, I, oh, like, I didn't exactly. see that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Elon Musk says every loss we had when Kyler played ended up being a, a one-score game where – you know, we were we were last to drive, and it's, yeah, that's it's a great yeah. point. Right, great yeah. point, right there. You know, and um, what we that's have why there. Cardinals update said exactly. Now we get it. Right, and Tim, well, how about this one, Tim? Our defense needs a good old line buddy Ryan practice to include where all wheelbarrows old school. What but, do you think about that, Frank? Tim, let me tell you what will not happen. That's not gonna happen. These guys get too much money. The NFL and the new collective bargain agreement on hitting. And what coaches can do yeah. will not happen. And so they don't even know. That's like asking them to roll down their window like this. They don't even know what that <laughs> is. They're just going to push a button. And that's that's all they know. Because the practice right now is too sweet. And these guys won't do it. So sounded good. But this D-line is not that. And I agree with you, Johnny, on what you said earlier. Our D-line is what it is. We had both guys. We had Peters and Phillips. Yeah. They were sitting in the middle. Allen showed up a little bit. We had Golden moving around in, on the outside, and Chandler, we moved these guys around defensively, but we just don't have it. We don't have – and we don't have, a, we don't have a big front seven. No. This is not a run-stop a run stop front seven. This is an agile front seven. These guys are made to be able to move around. Without Watt, it is. That's right. And without Watt, correctly. So those are just the things well, that they have. You could say they lost the battle up front on both sides of the ball because I didn't feel like their offensive line did well either. I think they were missing Justin Pugh at points, uh, Max Garcia. First off, we had a lot of – Max Garcia. Garcia took a screenshot of like some DMs he was getting, which were horrific. Yeah. But the, he was getting <laughs> a lot of criticism. Sean Harlow – um, you know, didn't have a great performance either. So I would say up front, all around, um, they, they got, got exposed. Though. They got exposed. Yeah. Like, but they got exposed by the MVP and the defensive player of the year consistently, you know, not and consecutively. Not, yeah. it's just, they just got exposed because the dude is a beast. And we really didn't do, let me just say this here. So if you guys, we always talk about game plans, right? And I say you got you you always have to attack. Offensively or defensively, you attack a team's weakness. That's what makes the NFL the difference between that and college. I'm attacking your weakness, and I'm just doing it in dress rehearsal consistently. I'm flipping guys around, but I'm doing the exact same stuff, and that's what happens. And just unfortunately, our offense this week, they got into more one-on-one battles with Aaron Donald, and he just and just he just made plays, man, and that's unfortunate. So with everything they got. I look forward if we play them again, that will not happen. No, and I to the people who were screaming bench Max Garcia for whom? So that Josh Jones got benched once upon a time because he was giving up interior pressures to back up defensive tackles, average defensive yeah. tackles. Max Garcia has been one of the better interior offensive linemen this year, one of the most valuable pieces when you talk about his positional fl- versatility and flexibility. Mm-hmm. I think he just had a bad night. Yeah, you just it was a bad night versus who, one of the best players in the league. Who yeah. can block Aaron Donald when he's playing like that on the Cardinals? Nobody. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I saw those screen captures. Those were gross. Be better, Cardinal fans. Uh, the Cardinals, they will probably make it a point of emphasis this offseason to try to upgrade a guard. But 
Uh, Justin Pugh was active. Kingsbury said after the game, it was close, just wasn't ready. I think he was there for an emergency. So I would expect him to be cemented in at left guard this weekend. They should be better for it. Yeah, let's take a minute uh, to talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, our official partner um, on here, the uh, PHX Cardinals podcast. If you bet $1 on any team to score, you can win $100 in free bets. It is that simple. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code PHNX. Customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code PHNX. Bet $1 on any team to score. You're going to get $100 in free bets instantly if they do. But as always, it's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, well, we talked about uh, the fact that the, you know the Cardinals – are all but in the playoffs already. They would have be- become the first team to clinch a spot in the playoffs had they won last night. Uh, but that doesn't mean um, for the most, they're pretty much in. So we're not, we're not too concerned about that, but the door to winning the West has opened up a little bit more now for the Rams who are just behind them. So right now, the, the magic number for the Cardinals to win the West is four. And there's like a bunch of combinations. And Johnny, I think you're probably better at explaining what those combinations are. But they've got to get to four. Yeah. And if you combine a Cardinal win like this Sunday, if they beat Detroit and the L.A. Rams were to lose against the Seattle Seahawks, that number gets cut in half. That goes from four to two. So any win by the Cardinals subtracts one, any loss by the Rams subtracts one. And then if we get into a situation in which they have the identical record, then we do a bunch of crazy ass tiebreakers that hopefully we don't have to elaborate on because we don't want to be in that position. Now, we did talk before the show, the Cardinals are in an advantageous spot because they already have four wins in the division. The Rams only have two and they've got two left. So the best the Rams could be in the NFC West is four and two. The Cardinals, should they win week 18 against Seattle, will be 5-1. and one. And I think that's one of the big differentiators on top of having a strength of schedule win in the NFC, blah, blah, blah. If you're going to lose a game down the stretch, have it be to the Colts, even though it's at home because it's in the AFC. They still have, and I checked this, I, hate, I know people hate this, statistics, advanced metrics as it relates to winning, 87% chance to still win the West. That's relevant. I think... I think most of us assume they're going to win this weekend, Sunday against Detroit. And like unlike Green Bay and Tampa, who have cupcake schedules down the stretch, the Rams' schedule is real down the stretch. They play real teams yeah. that are vying for playoff spots, just like the Cardinals. I think it's going to take care of itself. The Cardinals are still going to win the division. They're going to host a playoff game in January at State Farm Stadium. It will be fine. But yeah, we have to sweat it out now. Last night would have put a death nail. We talked about it all week. We said... they're. They're secure at a playoff spot if they win. But basically, we would have been celebrating a, a division title last Correct. night. Yeah. Right. The Rams, uh, actually, the Rams play the Ravens, the 49ers, the Seattle Seattle, and the Vikings yeah. in, the, in the next four years. Four potential playoff teams. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it, it won't be a cupcake walk for those guys. And those teams, since they're fighting to get into the, to get into the playoffs as well, you will see some really good football yeah. in the stretch. A lot of teams right now fighting for whatever. It just seems like it was – an average season midway in the season. I, I don't know if it was because of the COVID protocol. COVID yeah. just kind of got a bunch of teams or 
a bunch of people's where coaches and players are off across the league. And literally, like it's like now, the last seven games of the season matter just so much right now. So many teams got to get in the playoffs, but they're fighting. Like it's well, like, and that's what it, the NFL wanted. They added that seventh game, that seventh seed, the the third wild card for this scenario. So you feel like your team, even if you're like below 500, like the Washington football team or the Minnesota Vikings, that you still have a chance, right? And mm-hmm. so I, we're going to talk about like the home field advantage aspect and the one seed. I just I think that now it's clear. I don't even think that matters. Yeah, I don't. Well, the only reason I. I think it matters is because you have to play one less game. But I I agree with you. Home field does not matter to this team. And I really don't think it matters. I I think they want to win the division to say they won the division, right? That's more important than hosting the game itself. But you think about the seeding, like the Cardinals could be the two seed or the three seed or the four seed. I don't think that that matters at all. I don't. The matchups are going to be the matchups because they're all difficult, right? You're going to have to play San Francisco again. You're potentially going to have to play you know, uh, the L.A. Rams again. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to me, it was it was really hard to envision this team not slipping up down the stretch and watching what the Packers and the Buccaneers are doing with a schedule that's just an embarrassment to end the year. I, I, I just it was always it was always hard to envision the Card- the Cardinals would have had to go. Think about this. Fifteen and two, in my opinion, to get the number one seed. That's not only the, uh, the historically the greatest season by this franchise, but one of the best seasons in NFL history. That would have been unbelievable, and it probably wasn't realistic. For a team that hasn't been in the playoffs since 2015. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. This is the toughest division. <clears throat> Excuse me. The NFC West is the toughest division. And bar- look, again, Russell was bit, has been hurt. And so, of course, since he's been hurt, so ha- Seattle hasn't looked as good as they re- probably should yeah. this year. But this is a tough division, man, and it's loaded with talent. And for us to come out of this division where we are right now, knowing we already have a playoff berth, is uh, it's pretty good. Look, Jacob's on fire right now. I, I've been, bro. <laughs> you're la- you're bro. laughing at his comments. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been trying to focus here. <laughs> but Jacob's dropping some bars, and he's salty. Like, he don't like State Farm can we, Stadium. Can we talk about, too, like, the fact that Please the Cardinals win the division and there are at least three teams in the playoffs? Like, I know people are down on him today. Like, you have to give Coach of the Year, Cliff Kingsbury, to win the NFC West in a year where they sport three or more playoff teams, that's unbelievable. It's pretty great. It's right? unbelievable because we see we saw last night, we've seen with San Francisco's recent run, like any of these teams, if you told me San Francisco's in the divisional round or the team that, that beat the Cardinals, the LA Rams, or if Seattle somehow wins out and goes nine and eight, that'd be that, that wouldn't shock anybody. So I, the division is who we thought they were. It's elite at the beginning of the year. I think they dipped a little bit. They we did. We were all like, oh, gosh, it's what over. happened? And yeah. then now, I mean, everybody's sort of, you know, hitting their stride at the right time. And uh, the the NFC West, again, is being touted as the best. Well, and you look at, like, the dumpster that is the basement of the NFC South and the NFC North and parts of the NFC East, like, the Cardinals don't have that benefit. There are no their layups or cupcakes. There are no lions, so to speak, in the NFC North that you get two guaranteed victories, right? The, the Carolina, I know they beat the Cardinals, the Saints, the Atlanta. Those teams are all going to be under five hundred by the end of the year. And Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers just get they get to feast off of those bad teams, and that's why they're going to get the one or the two seed. It's just it. That's the reality of the situation. I agree. So hopefully, though, the, the Cardinals make it easy on themselves and just 
win the next couple of games. Let's celebrate the a division title. That's celebrate what we a division need. title. That will put all of the potential concerns to rest and move forward. Just like, just like you know, who, I forget who brought it up, but if we make it to the Super Bowl, and obviously if you make it to the Super Bowl, everybody forgets. But I think any sort of regular season woes at, that they've had at, at times, I mean, if they just capture the division, um, I think fans are going to be really happy. Obviously, there's more to go. But that's going to be a big time accomplishment. Um, real quick, I just want to add this: the buy factor is important because you get to skip a game. But I just think that like the Cardinals' youth of this team is young. Kyler Murray is young, right? We've seen teams go on lo- lengthy postseason runs. Like they're not an old team. They're not like Tampa was last year. I know Tampa went to, and won the Super Bowl, but they don't have a forty-year-old quarter. Like Kyler Murray should be entering his prime, where they're more equipped to take on four games, three of them on the road, right? And we saw this team rattle off seven straight victories. So in a weird way, if they get their mojo going at the right time, I would not be surprised to see them rattle off wins in the postseason. I don't think they need the luxury of the bye. So barring that Carson Wentz got hurt with Philly back in the days and and Nick Foles took over, would yeah. that would that, would that have been the the most recent youngest team? Yeah, to kind of pull off a, a Super Bowl win. Yeah, like, I mean, like would that would be like they put they had some they had some veteran pieces on the defensive front and yeah. a couple guys they added in, in the in the receiving core. But I think that would be like the the youngest. Yeah, and am I right? Yeah, youngest but, team. Yeah, I think well, it, and Kansas City with Mahomes. Okay, so my, right, uh, right, but they right. had Andy Reid. But no, I mean typically, and that was that's the that's the caveat between mm-hmm. if we Andy Reid with a young quarterback and us with. Cliff and a young quarterback. I don't even know. Like, Kansas City just dominates the AFC so much in conjunction with, like, what New England did. I think that they're the kind of outlier. The NFC has basically, like, the Packers have been in the NFC title game each of the last, like, two or three seasons, then they've lost. Everybody kind of feels like right now that they have this do factor about mm-hmm. them. So, I mean, if you you win a Super Bowl, is absolutely earned because you're going to have to beat Brady and, and Rodgers to get there and potentially Mahomes. Yeah. I brought that up with the intent thinking like, so we have, we have such a young team right now and what would it look like? Not what would they need to do mentally? What who would they need to learn from to follow a pattern? Cause the NFL is a copycat league. Who would they need to learn from to follow that flow so that they can get their minds and their mentals ready for that next stretch of games, you know, and, and, and make this long run. Cause we're looking at, we're talking about what five games in the season, yeah. but it takes what six, five or six to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It takes another four games to win the Super Bowl. It takes it takes four. So we're looking at another nine game, another nine game stretch. Yeah. How do you yeah. get through another nine game stretch of focus and intense, you know, physical, physical, physical football? Because you know, every week another team is trying to get it outside of the, the the Lions is trying to get into the playoffs. That's it's gonna be some good football these, mm-hmm. next, these next couple of weeks. I want to tell you guys about a gift box deal we've got going on for you. For all those who love sports, PHNF gift boxes are here. They're the perfect Christmas gift. Uh, If you want to put PHNX under the tree, um, get a gift box. You get a $15 gift card just for you, uh, which is a, a membership shirts in that gift box. And so... If you're still, if you're a procrastinator like me, I got still, my order in already. I'm still there's a, still a few more people on my Christmas list that I have not gotten gotten gifts for. Oh. Uh, this is it, guys. You're welcome. 
um, I also saw Tim asking a question. Do receivers practice alone? Will K1 and his receivers work on timing and being able to know if it will be inside or outside ball? Example, the missed touchdown last night. Y'all know what I'm saying. No, they, that we they, always practice together. There's, yeah. there's never a time that the receivers and the quarterbacks don't practice together. Honestly, the only time that we don't practice together is the very beginning of practice when we're doing skill drills, and that is just basically warm-up drills. After that, we go right into one-on-ones. We're always together. Then we go right into team. We go into team, we go into seven on seven, and then team. And right after that, then we get in either, it's either going to be third down plays or on a Thursday or Friday, it'll turn into red zone or two minute offense. And so we're always together. This, what happened, and again, that's just a couple of missed throws on, on Kyler part, but there's nothing that we don't do together when it comes to the quarterback and the receivers. And some of the receivers that, like, if you look at Rondell Moore and you look at Christian Kirk, these guys, since they're, three and four in the, in the receiving rotation, they're probably also running, um, what would we call that, scout team routes as well. Yeah. They're probably sharing that share, sharing the reps and scout team also with Colt McCoy. So there's always, there's nothing but a consistency of, of I mean, work between all. the two. I mean, that's all. I mean, as soon as a receiver comes to, like as soon as DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins got to Arizona, he was – like, hey, Kyler, hey, let's, go. let's go. Let's go yeah, work out. let's right. go work out somewhere right. and start catching, you know, like, uh, let me start catching your passes. I mean, that's like literally that, like the number one thing they work on and they yeah. don't stop working on that. Look, there, there is, uh, that throw was, it was just a bad throw. Um, when Kyler missed AJ in the end zone, he threw it to the right shoulder, should have been to the left shoulder. Look, that just was a bad throw and he's throwing it on the run. I mean, things are happening. But in truth, like, there is no one that, that has more communication and relationship than the quarterback and the receivers. The offensive line stick together, but they're just their old line. That's all they do. They like to eat. They're not running routes. They're not, they don't have timing. They don't have they don't have audibles or checks. They're not looking at defensive uh, defensive secondaries that's moving around. These guys look. That's that's all they do. That's all they know. Because I need to be at a spot. You need to throw it to a spot. You need to anticipate me being at that spot. The the difference between an NFL quarterback and a college quarterback is that. I don't need I don't need to see you open. I'm throwing it to a spot where you're going to be open at. And this is what we practice in college. I, I typically I see you open. I have yeah. to wait to see you open. I look at Justin Fields and talking to a buddy the other day. He was like, man, what's wrong with Justin Fields? I said, he's an Ohio State player that's played with five star receivers. And typically they're always open. Yep. Because they're the, they're four threes or four twos or four four receivers, and they're running past everybody. So in that, you just look at it from that standpoint. Kyler is, let me tell y'all something. This is what I saw when I was watching the highlights of the game and I was going through it again. You know how fast Kyle's a 4-3 quarterback. He's running with the ball in one hand and has a grip on it. He's 5 foot 11, mm-hmm. 9, 10. His hands, are, I don't know what, they're, they're definitely not massive hands. I don't think they are. I don't think he has. No, that was definitely hands. a big debate. That was a big debate, yeah. right? But the dude is running 4-3. He has an NFL football in his hand. He's moving it back and forth while he's running and eluding guys and setting it to make throws. We got a badass quarterback in Kyler Murray, and we'll figure he'll figure it out. He just hasn't figured out the NFL yet, but when he figured it out, he's going to murder this league. I mean, just absolutely murder the NFL from what he's capable of doing. Check downs. He's got four guys to check the ball down. He's looking for extra stuff. He's sliding in the pocket and moving around and figuring out, Last night would be a good example for him to learn 
how to see what teams are doing to him, and then just make that adjustment. When teams try to take away Tom Brady, what he's trying to do, he just started hitting checkdowns and getting right. the ball out of his hand much faster than anybody else. There were many plays that Rondell Moore came on a sweep. You can go back and look at the, uh, look at the uh, highlights. He came on sweeps or fake sweeps. He was open, he was open out in the, in the flats, and he just didn't check the ball down. There's plays where you have Zach Ertz sitting right in the middle of his face, and he just didn't check the ball down because he's looking for that next play. I, That's the beauty of Calumet. I mean, when you talk about the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, my mind automatically goes to Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and they are also the smart, some of the smartest guys to ever play the game. And I think that's one thing about Kyler's game that he's still developing, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. And he, he's learning how – I'm serious. He's learning how teams attack him. Once he figures that out, and then he, he figures out how to respond and not react in those moments. Just respond, like – you got two guys coming out the right side. I'm going to slide left. I'm going to step up, dump the ball off. I don't have an extra step to really try to get it. I don't want to have to elude and make the Murray, the, the, the Murray magic happen. I just want to let the offense happen. And once you start letting the offense happen, it, it changes the narrative so much. And I just I marveled at watching him run, elude guys that are four or five linebackers and D linemen chasing him, and he's running with one ball and that ball in his hand. And next thing you know, he just he one, flicks yeah, it. Yeah, one just, arm right. down, it's still just, running. It's just amazing, to, man. To so look, we got, we got a really great quarterback in Kyler Murray, and I mean, I, I that to me is pretty special. I know we got somebody in the chat. Yeah, Brandon Buckingham with the super chat. Thank we you, appreciate Brandon. it. Appreciate that. He's asking, who is the one team you don't want the Cardinals to face in their first playoff game? San Francisco, just because divisional opponent, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Uh, I think the Cardinals are better. I think they have certainly a better quarterback. The, the Niners do a lot of things well. They give the Cardinals problems. They run the football well. They can rush the passer. They're, I hate to say it, kind of hitting their stride right now. Their receiving yeah. core looks good. Um, so, And they'd be coming into that game with house money. They were left for dead. Then they'd have a chance to just say, hey, we're not supposed to be here. We've lost already. What do we got to lose? Empty the, empty the tank. So I would want no part of the Niners because of that. I agree. That's a good answer. I yeah. agree. I agree with division. Um, if there's by some chance that we screw up and we find ourselves facing Green Bay um, or Tampa, I wouldn't. I don't want to be. That's probably the right answer. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to deal with Green Bay in the cold right now. I just think that, that would I be, don't want to deal with Green Bay at any point. I, right. just, I don't want. Well, I mean, I, I I believe that we had their number. We played. We just they had a better game plan. We played kind of shitty a little bit in that game, but in truth. But when you're playing in the cold, it's a different game. It becomes more physical. It's not as finesse. And you got it's a different type of ball game. So that, to me, I don't – I just don't want to see our guys go to Green Bay. And, well, I and we'll cheat guys. on the answer and just assume they win the division so that they're hosting a wild card team. There you go. We'll cheat. Boom. Instead of playing at Tampa or at Green Bay, that would be bad. Yeah, I'm with you. If that's the case, then I would just say um, a division opponent and you, you make a – I mean, it's hard enough to beat a team twice – to beat a team three times in one season, I would certainly say that that would uh, that would not be ideal. Yeah, Tim Tim spoke out and said, "Look, think think we all forgot how young K one is." Agreed, Frank. He soon soon will be one of the guys that's killing defenses. It's amazing to watch him. Elon comes right behind. He's running and pump faking the ball at the same time. It's uh it's pretty crazy. And again, we got my man Jacob in the house. <laughs> <laughs> He's just get just he's doing just, his own thing. Yeah, he's just, he's doing, just doing his, his own, own thing, thing, having his own conversation. <laughs> uh, Tim with the super chat, we appreciate you, man. Uh, 
pair character lifting some weights saying keep it up. Wait, did I read that wrong? It looks like pair. Oh, because I'm looking at it on my laptop. It's a an emoji. Oh. <laughs> Pear keeping it up, lifting weights. That's literally what the emoji is. Oh, but uh, for good. whatever reason on our main computer, it, won't show. it doesn't show up. We have other emojis up there. Oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
All right, good winner. What about you, Johnny? So I, I, I'm going to go with my guy, Zavin Collins, who had the uh, recovery of the onside kick last night. I know he is not Which playing. Which we actually didn't even give him credit for. I know because it didn't. It was meaningless in the end because they weren't able to capitalize yeah. on it. But Zavin Collins can, comes My man can't get her. some reps on defense, but you know what? You, you and Frank can probably attest to this. Yep. You want to get respect from your coaches and teammates. Teams, You're brother. in there in the scrum and out muscling guys for a ball to keep your team alive. Uh, you know, much like Isaiah Simmons, Zavian hasn't played a lot as a rookie inside linebacker. Uh, and, you know, I don't think he's played any defensive snaps the last two weeks um, leading into that game last night. So to Zavian, I said, just keep keep putting your head down, keep grinding. And uh, we're all proud of you for, for I, I thought that they were going to come back and score a touchdown after that happened. I honestly did. I did, too. Kept a minute. Yep. 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 Uh, all right, my winner goes to it's a it's a combo here, uh, Van Jefferson and Sean Jefferson. So Van Jefferson, receiver for the Rams, gave the game ball to his dad, Sean, who is the Arizona's wide receivers coach, and it was a pretty cool moment. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. They they each got one win against each other, right? Mm-hmm. So that's true. Uh, but the fact that he came over, shared that moment with his dad on the field, gave him the game ball. Uh, you know, trying to make me you cry here, Tristan. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Look, to get your to get your son to the NFL is, I mean, that's all. I couldn't imagine that. Like to be a, a father playing in the NFL, have a child, and then watch your child grow through, grow up. Most kids do not want to father follow their father's footsteps in sports. They just do not want to do it in sports. Not if you're an elite athlete or a top tier athlete. They just don't want to do it. The pressure, the fame, the the you like your dad, you like your dad. What about me? I want to be me. I want to be me. And for him to be in that position, I think that's pretty sweet. I agree with you. That's a good call. Thanks, Frank. Just you always do this. <laughs> uh, well, I hate to pivot into losers after that one, but here we are. Frank, do you have a loser? I do. I have my loser <laughs> is. See, I'm ready, man. I'm on fire right now. Look, I, can I back up real quick? Jacob, are those your winners and losers right there, Jacob? It's like Zane Allen and like James Conner, your winner right now. I see that you like, you just I like. I think those were his winners. Those are your winners. Allen? Yeah. Zach, Zach Allen, excuse me. Yeah. Zach Allen and, and James. You put those up when you guys okay. were talking right. about I just want, all right. I just want to make sure. So you was read, I read your comment. Just want to make sure you're good. All right. So now. That's about the only one that was uh, the, the, PG, PG to be able to read. Yeah. Right. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> Going off. So, uh, <laughs> My loser is the NFL and the NBA, and COVID's winning. Like this week, like literally in the NFL, there's like 37 to almost 40 plus guys that was out on COVID protocol, and in the NBA, almost 20 to 25 guys have been in the pro, pro in the in the COVID protocol. So it's happening in the NHL I mean, too, and and and, and, and in the NHL. says NHL. So I think I was reading that I like mean, this is the worst that it's been in sports, like even last year, right. yeah. which is which is insane, right? So it, I mean, again, I don't. Of course, we don't. We never know why. No one knows how they get it. How it's always acquired. You don't know if it's touching somebody, breathing on somebody. Of course, it's supposed to go through your, your nasal passage. But again, it's just one of those things where we're trying to get back to normal, and yet it's still having its place and effect. And not just, I mean, not just our normal lives, our everyday lives. We're talking about almost eight hundred million people, eight hundred thousand people in the United States, and just in our regular sports since we've gotten started. And just this year again, just this moment, 36 football players to about 45, and in basketball, 20-plus. And Leah just also stated that, look, the uh, NHL is having that problem too as well. Well, real quick, and we didn't we didn't touch too much on it, but the Rams could potentially be in trouble uh, for their game on Sunday against the Seahawks unless they are able to get uh, some more players back with Odell Beckham Jr. now testing 
positive for COVID. And mm. so there's still time for, you know, them to get back and <clears throat> get off COVID. But you just, it's the, I think all the their players that they've got that have had COVID have had the vaccine. And so therefore the back-to-back negative test within a 24-hour period is all that it takes. So at any moment, really, uh, the, the players could return if they meet those protocols. But they've got a boatload. Yes. Can we all disagree Odell Beckham had COVID yesterday and played in that game? Do we think do we think it's probably likely that somehow Odell Beckham didn't have to take a test or took a test early enough where he was negative but he has COVID For today? Sure. Conspiracy. Like sure. No, I just <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm not I'm, saying that like like no, I'm right. not saying right. that right. positive that no. people like, were like hiding. I just can't imagine that all those other guys that he's around got COVID and then he he somehow didn't test positive yesterday but he's positive today. Well, I mean, that's how COVID works. Yeah. Honestly, none of us ever, you didn't test positive one day or, and then, uh, you know, test positive the next day. And that's where, where we were seeing. And, and luckily, we've got different rules now with the vaccinations. But imagine if we had the same uh, contact tracing protocols where it was like, okay, right. everybody out everybody now. We out. don't have a team because. Well, right. <laughs> and Higby had a false positive. Poor guy couldn't play yesterday. So I. You know, I complain about Odell Beckham playing with COVID, but Higby didn't have it, and they pulled him. Right, so exactly. It, to my it, point, it's exactly. All just, it's all just pluses and minuses. To you know, point. we don't we don't want the Rams to win, but we don't want them to to lose because of COVID absences. Yeah. You want to? To my dude Ryan, man, the, the super chat of nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> he said Tiger Wu and his Denzel voice, my man. <laughs> my man. <laughs> I play golf with him. He's with USAA. My dude, man. Oh, that look. really is your man. That's my dude. Oh, that's the homie. Yeah. That's your dude. Your homie. That's my homie. Yeah. He, uh, we hang out, play golf a little bit, uh, a lot bit actually, and uh, just. Is he a any cool good? Dude. Or are you up his butt? <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> or is he up your butt? <clears throat> no, Frank, Frank doesn't get his butt. <clears throat> Thanks for the chat, though. <laughs> that's great. That's a good. That's a really good. Like that's a really good. Uh, just. Thought, man, of conspiracy. Uh, that's a good theorist thought. He was. He, there's thought. no chance. Like you he got tested last night yeah. during the game. He's 100 percent positive. That's crazy. It's yeah, pretty good. I mean, good that's what. But that's when. That's when you have like. I mean, um, uh, Jalen Ramsey could have technically had COVID the day before, but right. didn't test positive till till the till game day. So you never know. I mean, that every single day it seemed like another Ram was testing positive, and Sean McVay said. Today during his press conference, that he felt like more coaches and players, uh, more was coming. So Look, that's just how I don't know. That's your boy works. Cardinal Update said that OBJ was sitting around hanging out and chatting, chatting it up with Hopkins after the game for a while. Just a little notation uh, on that, so we'd be okay. paying attention. I don't think we're going to see DeAndre this weekend, anyways. So. Great. Well, I know, but then who was DeAndre around? And mm, you just never yeah. know. Good thing is, as Cliff did say, that they have not had any positive cases today. That's good. Uh, we'll check back tomorrow and Me? see if that's still the case. But uh, so far, no positive cases with the Cardinals. So good that's deal. really good. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, you want to go for your loser? Yeah, I you know I'll go with the all rookie winners and losers today, and it's not he's not a loser, but I think Rondell Moore's usage is a loser for all of us. You know, Rondell Moore has under twenty five yards receiving in seven of his last eight games, and it culminated last night. So he had uh, four targets, three receptions for five yards, and I I blame it partially on Cliff and partially on Rondell Moore. I just don't think they've done a good enough job of getting him in space downfield. You watch what he did against the Minnesota Vikings earlier this year, where he's running free down. Vertical passing game, right? And I know he couldn't get his foot in bounds, and I, I believe it was the third quarter last night. 
but I I think we've overdone it on the jet sweeps and the screen passes, the horizontal Thank play. You get get that, that man, man downfield in space because he can. Frank, get, weren't you saying that yesterday? Yes. Get, yes. He can have a robust yards oh, per catch, man. and this team wants to explosively throw the football downfield. I think he's kind of being wasted right now Thank in you. just this gimmick role. He's a big time player, and especially if Hopkins is out for a little bit, they need him to step up. Kingsbury needs to fix his usage because, like, we were. T- I feel like he's been stuck at like 400 yards since like week four. I, I was thinking, oh, there's yep. an outside shot. This guy could have a thousand yards you know, from Christian, this year. Him and Christian have been stuck. They yeah, just, I think he acts like he doesn't know what to do with these yeah. guys once somebody else comes in and plays. I, I'm man, I'm 100 agreement in agreement with you. And a loser right now is so sad because. He's so explosive. He's so ready to play. They they do some they do some gimmicky stuff. Yeah, that doesn't really fit him as a receiver, and he could do exactly the same thing that um, Cooper Cup is doing. He can make him a third interior receiver. He can do option routes against linebackers and the 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 six DB, which is the dime DB, who's basically sitting half the game on the sideline. I couldn't wait for them to come in the game. I'd murder them. Oh my god, I couldn't wait for a nickel. I and just, dying back to come in the game. Oh, Jesus. I just feel Thank like teams you. have adjusted because they know Pathetic. when he gets the ball, it's like a horizontal play. And then the Rams last night, how many times he touched the football? He's just like trying to fight back to the line of scrimmage behind behind the it's line bad. of scrimmage. It's just, I'm tired of watching it. Get him downfield. There are not too many defensive backs, especially second, third, fourth defensive backs that can cover him one-on-one. Not at all. None of them can. And I, I agree with you, man. I'm I'm I, I'm going to leave it alone because I'll, I'll, I mean... I'll leave it alone. He's a, he's a, yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Just like I think Zavin Collins is going to be fine. But I just, he was so electric earlier this year. Like nobody could cover him. Like what happened to that? What, let's, let's fix that clip. I agree. My loser is the national media. I, I know that um, for the most part, it actually doesn't usually get under my skin, but I was listening to, I think it was Marcellus Wiley <clears throat> on whatever show he's on. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, like, what does this team mean for the Rams and are the Rams legit? And he was sitting there saying, I'm not sold on the Rams yet because the Cardinals are not a top-tier team and this win against uh, the Cardinals doesn't mean enough to convince me that the Rams are legit. Yeah. Wait a second, what? The Cardinals entered this game with the best record in the league and now they're even with the loss they're tied at 10 and 3 with the bucks and the packers for the best record in the league and but but they're not a top tier team the fact that you would use that as an argument you're talking again you're talking about the rams here and you're saying the rams beat a mediocre cardinals team they're not a top tier team so therefore i'm not a convinced about the rams like what are you guys on it's just like guessing and playing stereotypes that the cardinals haven't been good so they can't they can't be good this year right the cardinals would have to conceivably go like undefeated during the regular season for people to buy into what they're doing they don't we don't have Kyler Murray's name is great and what he does is great, but he's physically not that great in their mindset. He doesn't match Aaron Rodgers or he doesn't match, even if his numbers were the same, he doesn't match Aaron Rodgers and he doesn't match Tom Brady. They automatically equate those guys to winners and that they will be winners no matter what. And then when it comes to our defense, we have Chandler Jones, but he's decent. When he wants to be great, he can be great. Outside of that, there's nobody else that has a great name. I I apologize, Buda Baker. 
But Buddy Baker is so far off the, he's so far in the backfield that he has to come down and do a whole bunch of stuff to even get into play. Well, he so. went on to say that there are a lot of question marks surrounding Kyler Murray, and he has not. They he was saying he Me felt too. that that he has not turned that page yet, and so they used this one game. How many Cardinals games have they yeah. seen? Maybe the two primetime games that mm-hmm. they've had this year, and they Correct. go judging off of that. Yep. Correct. I mean, but that's that's how you look at that's how I look at these guys. I know I know what they're thinking. Um, <clears throat> I know what they're looking for and what it looks like. And so the apples and oranges starts to play out, and they say he's not this, he's not that. So they're not they're average. Well, they're why not, do we don't, have people that go on do. TV and say this these kinds of things? I mean, it's not like it's like a big. It's not like we're not talking life or death or right. anything like that. I mean, it's not a serious topic. But why do we seriously have people that go on? I mean, are they? Do we have? Do the national networks have them doing too much to where they cannot focus in enough on one sport and actually know what they're talking about? They have to take a break from covering the Cowboys for nine of ten segments <laughs> to mix in. Well, I mean, there's a point to it. I mean, you've got a lot of the, the same, you know, people covering like every sport out there and in college and this and that and like whatever. So, like, I don't know what it is, but how you could sit there and say you're not convinced on on the Rams because the Cardinals are a mediocre, not top tier team is just like the most ridiculous argument. Argument I've ever heard in my life and I don't understand what again it's not like I, I don't even I, I'm not even like personally offended by it I, I'm really not it's just like the it's just mind-boggling that we've got like crap on TV like that where it's just like nobody's paying attention like you can't the, don't come to the table with that kind of argument unless you've actually watched more than two primetime games with the Cardinals the preconceived conversation is <clears throat> If you're not a national media team, that's the ones that we need to boost. Mm-hmm. Boost 100%. It's Green Bay's not a national media. Well, they're not a in a media market, but they they're a national media team, and they're loved by so many. So that's that's always they're not the a table. big media market. They're yeah. not a big media market, right? So yeah, ESPN I think, doesn't. I think, need I think that proceed. That, I think, but they have the preconceived notion of what is great combinations that should be working and should be actually making it work in the NFL and. The challenge of it is, is, and watch this here. Watch the play on it. The challenge of it is, is like the Cardinals. We can look at the Suns and take the note, take take just the playbook. You're not in a big market. Everyone else is a giant. You're small. You're winning, but you're still small. You're you're kicking the big boys, but but you're still small. Mm-hmm. And so, and and even if you beat them, they have reasons on well, because the big boys paid all that money for all that talent. You look at the Lakers, they got a bunch of money put on team. You look at Brooklyn, they got a bunch of money put in those teams. You look at Golden State, they're just they just got great players. You know what I mean? So, but they're not in a major, but they still just they just got great players to get it done. And so when you look at that just transferring to the NFL, Tom Brady goes to Tampa, he's major by itself. Bruce Aarons is a conversation piece that gives you quotes no matter what. Right. You love that. Yeah. Everybody loves quotes. Dallas is in a major market. You go back and you look at who else? Uh, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. they got Aaron Rodgers. Pittsburgh would be a conversation piece, I would think. Mahomes get $500 million. He has to be right. a He's conversation piece. Way into it, just He's, like Russell in Seattle did. Right, and so those are the things that just name-wise, these guys think if they do their job, but again, they're quarterbacks. And so, and they've been touted as winning quarterbacks, a Super Bowl quarterback, so they get the conversation. But outside of that, it's just because we're in a small market and they won't they won't pay attention enough because they're always waiting for the shoe to drop. They're just waiting for the shoe to drop. Shane, I changed clothes earlier today. I did have the same shirt on from yesterday, but I changed it. I have a fresh DraftKings shirt on right now. 
Whoop, whoop. Yeah, Shane in the chat saying Johnny's wearing the same shirt as he did last night. That is night. not true. <laughs> All Shane does is just Look, spew leave, lies about me. I'm Shane, just trying to be a professional. Johnny alone, man. Shane, the, the dude this is, is a professional his show. Butt, man. Leave him alone. <laughs> busting his butt to give you all the coverage. He's writing great I'm articles. Grateful Shane. Come and on, he man. Gave, Shane, he gave you an opportunity to come on our show. That's Hello. true. Jeez. Oh, Open invite that he declined. He de- yeah. For he didn't some want to get beat up. He declined because he had other work to do, yet he's watching it. Yes. He. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. Uh, I love in it. this uh, chat, I is this, this man? We boot him. Uh, so yeah, we're capping it off with uh, with my final loser of the national media, guys. It was uh, it was good being back in studio. With, yes, with yeah, both of you, always great. And uh, Johnny and I are going to run it back tomorrow and Thursday and Thursday and then Friday. Um, the whole bar- team. Yeah, and then some barring something unforeseen, my children will be here. Oh, that's the day. My wife is leaving town Thursday. She'll be back Saturday night. All right, so we should set up the Frank and Frankie segment then. I look forward Frankie to it. Frankie and Hudson will be here Friday, so pray for pray for me. Okay, all right, we will. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow.